Hey, it's me, PJ Gill, and we're here with the Monarchist. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. One win, one loss. We'll talk about it a little bit. But more importantly, we'll look ahead to Wednesday's game up at William & Mary. And then a big matchup on Saturday at the home at the TED at JMU. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Aaron. Good to be with you guys. Good to have you as always. Uh, Let's start with Radford. Kind of a... A tough game that you guys managed to, to eke out with some hustle and a great performance by Chauncey. Yeah, I mean, we knew coming in it was going to be a tough one. You know, watching Radford on film, you know, they, you know, they didn't beat North Carolina, but they pushed them, you know, really hard. You know, they had played VCU to a tie at half, and then you know they went into Harrisonburg and had a chance. Ultimately, they lost basically right at the end, they lost by three. So we knew that they were going to be a very good team coming in. Terrific guards. They play really hard. And, you know, we were fortunate. We we gutted it out. And as you said, Chauncey really stepped up and had a big-time game. So, Coach, I had a question I didn't get a chance to ask during the, the press conference. So I'm going to ask now. I know we've talked a lot this season with regards to how you guys want to run the offense and, and using – the drive to be able to get the defense to collapse, be able to kick the ball out the shooters for opportunities. In the first half, Radford seemed like they were blocking a lot of shots. Now, is that something that they just, you know, happen to do really well? Is that something that from, you know, offensive perspective of you know, going too deep and not kicking out or committing too much kind of from a coach's perspective, talk, talk to us about that a little bit. You know, sometimes, you know, a lot of casual fans, you know, they look at block shots and, you know, block shots, can that can be an effective defensive maneuver. Um, but oftentimes, and I, I don't have an exact percentage for you, block shots are recovered by the offensive team and ended up end up being scored. So it's not, you know, it's not the, the end of the world when you get your shot blocked. They did block some shots. Chauncey had a couple you know, had, had a couple blocked. We had some shots blocked against Drexel, but the key is, you know, if you can get in there and you can, you know, convert at, at an efficient rate. And you, you also, you know, want, want to try to get to the free throw line. You know, when you're driving in there, you know, they might block some, but if you're doing a good job uh, of, of taking the contact, you know, you're going to get to the free throw line some as well. That's been a problem for us. Uh, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about the Northeastern situation, and that was, you know, rather extreme. But, you know, we've had a problem getting to the free throw line. And, you know, part of that, this is not a referee's conspiracy against us, you know, throughout the whole year. Part of it is, you know, we are getting in there, and and rather than taking it up strong, we're throwing up some bad attempts. We've got to be better. We've talked about it a lot. (laughs) We've watched film on it. We've tried to design some situation in practice to recreate live situations, but whether it's Chauncey, whether it's Vashon, Ty, those guys, you know, you you can't be trying to throw up some circus shot all all the time. And and we've got to be better at that. We also, and and I'm, you know, trying to at different levels address your question. We also have to recognize when the help comes in there, 
you got to be strong with the basketball. And sometimes, right, it's rather than, you know, continue, once you make your foray into the lane, that doesn't mean that you're obligated, you know, to, to throw something up at the basket. And if, you know, if you don't have something good, you got to come to a, you know, a jump stop or a strong stride stop and pivot and kick it back out. Uh, if, if, if we do that, if we finish more effectively, right, if we play through contact and then we recognize when we don't have things and kick it out rather than forcing something out, all of a sudden I think we would our, our, we'd shoot more free throws, we'd have more buckets, you know, more efficient, and we'd get more three-point attempts. So, you know, it's, it's a, about decision-making. I, I think when we drive it in there, you know, we've, you, the, the three of us have, have talked on numerous occasions, you know, you, you can't just, you know, just say, I'm going to drive it in. I mean, you've got to work. I mean, the defense knows that you want to drive, you know, people like we scout other people, they scout us and they know that Chauncey wants to drive the ball. They know that Vashon, you know, wants to drive the ball. They know that Ty wants to drive the ball and he wants to go left. So, you know, how do you, you know, knowing that, you know, how do you figure out a way to be able to do do it? And that's where, you know, the ball movement, the, the player movement, and the spacing all factor in. All right. So we've talked a lot about the new offense and how it's supposed to be more free-flowing, right? But when you call a set, is there a, a predetermined area they're supposed to go? Or how yes. does all that work? Yes. Now, some of the sets, because we've had some struggles with, you know, guys, you know, getting a feel for it. Some of the sets that, that we've called some predetermined flow be, be, because, again, we you know, we've got some guys that have struggled, you know, understanding. So we want to, you know, we want to take advantage of the concept. We, we don't want to run rigid plays every time down. We're trying to flow into to things. But for some of the guys, particularly a couple of the new guys, you know, they just need a little bit of help rather than reading and reacting, you know, we're kind of helping them know, you know, where they should be going and what they should be doing. So it's kind of a compromise, if you will. You know, we've talked a little bit about free throw shooting throughout the season and how that's an always an opportunity to do well. You guys had 20 opportunities and made 17, shot 85% in that game. That was a huge determining factor in actually, you know, winning that game. I don't know that you can shoot 85% all season, but that's pretty awesome. If you can get that out of the crew, that's going to be really helpful. Obviously, yeah. You know, a, a big part of it is we we got to the free throw line. You know, we were able to to get driving lanes and, and you know and, and attack. And you know, you got to get there first. And then you know, Chauncey hit some big ones. He, he missed the one at the end, but Emo hit some big ones. Ty hit some. You know, it it, it was a number of different guys. Vashon who'd really been struggling, and I think. It had affected his confidence a little bit, but he went two for two. So, you know, it's funny how with free throw shooting, you know, it, it can be contagious. And who, whoever gets fouled first, you know, if they get up there and they make some and the next guy makes it a little easier on him. But if the first guy gets up there and, you know, and he misses and the other guys hear the crowd groan and, uh, you know, and, and then all of a sudden that can be contagious as, 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 as well. So, you know, obviously we needed that. It was huge, you know, for us. And it, that shows what we're capable of doing. You know, the big key will be, you know, can we replicate it in, in, in future contests? The other number that jumped out at me for the Radford game was bench scoring. Uh, R.J. Blakeney and Dorico Williams both contributed nine points each. It's nice to get that type of production off your bench. 
especially with Dorico. It's probably his best game of the year going nine and seven. Without a doubt, it was Dorico, and, and he he provided great ball screen defense. You know, earlier earlier this evening, I was doing a segment with Scott Jackson and talking about kind of the contrast between the Radford game and the Northeastern game. And you know, in the Radford game, you know, we had noticed that that none of Radford's opponents leading up to our game had you know been aggressive in their ball screen defense, and that allowed their guards, particularly Kenyon Giles, to you know, have a lot of freedom. And and we said, we're going to attack him. And, you know, Danny did a solid job, but, you know, Danny did play as many minutes. And Dorico was fantastic getting up there, moving his feet and, you know, really not allowing Kenyon Giles to have any room whatsoever. The Northeastern game was very different. Their offense is different. And quite frankly, our guards didn't have the big, our bigs uh, to to help them out as, as much. And we didn't fare well. We we gave up way too many straight line drives, and that you know that contributed to the free throw disparity, you know, fifty one to nine, I, th- I think it was. But you know, we've got to do we got to do a better job of, of moving our feet. But th- we were talking about Dorico, but I, I got on that because he he did. Yeah, you know, he he was so terrific. You know, move, moving his feet and getting up there, and and when we have an opportunity, we know that Danny and Dorico can both do that very well. You know, the buckets, you know, Dorico, you know, was a recipient of a couple passes. Chauncey Ty had one nice one, I think, and, and Chauncey had one or two where, you know, he, as he drove, he, he drew help and, and Dorico got, you know, up opportunities right under the basket. Now, same thing with RJ. He was moving without the ball and LaShawn maybe, I, I think, got him on one down, down the stretch. But, you know, uh, they were both recipients of you know being in the right place and the guards you know the guards rewarded them with good passes so yeah obviously Tariko had a, a great game there the the northeastern game a lot of folks got in foul trouble quickly but do you still see the rotation kind of leading off with danny and Tariko coming in is that a fluid situation is it just kind of depend on how things are going yeah i think it, it, it's, it's going to depend i mean i'm not you know, and anticipating any imminent changes, but at, at some point, you know, that, that could change, as could other spots. You know, I, I am concerned just in the lineup in general, you know, with some of our slow starts, but I'm not sure we, we you know, if I'm going to put somebody in, you know, I need guys that are playing well, if I'm going to make a change. And right now, you know, we've got some guys um, that are struggling a little bit. And, and hopefully we can get them going. I'm not a big believer in sticking somebody in the starting lineup to try to get them going. I think, you know, being a starter is something that you earn, you know, by playing well and playing hard and, you know, doing things that the team needs. So, you know, there there could be, you know, changes in, in, in the starting lineup if, uh, you know, if we think that the slow starts are, you know, just we have to do something, you know, I'll end up pulling the trigger. But right now we're just trying to get everybody ready to play at the beginning of the game. And, and those guys to, that, that, that come in later, you know, we need them to be more consistent. You know, RJ and Devin and Bryce, we talked about Dorico. You know, we're going to play a bunch of guys and, and we need those guys coming off the bench. We need their, you know, them to, and, and, and everybody has different roles, right? It's not all as, as a score. It can't be, but what they all can contribute defensively and you know that that's really you know I I think we have to get better offensively right that's probably our biggest concern but 
the easiest thing, the easiest area for us to get better right now is to be more committed for each of those guys to be more committed defensively. You know, at least if we play better defense, we can give ourselves a chance and hang in some games while we're trying to figure some stuff out offensively. All right. So Aaron kind of broke the lid on Northeastern. We went up to Boston on Saturday and lost 81 to 68. But we do that in a game where we hit a lot more field goals than they did, 11 more field goals. We hit one more three than they did. And we lost by 13 points because of the free throw line and how this game was officiated. How long into the game did you realize this is going to be a different game than usual? You know, I, I mean, to be honest, you know, probably 30 seconds into the game. But it, look, uh, it, it, you know that the officiating is going to be different when you're on the road. I mean, you're, you're almost guaranteed that. So, you know, you know that going in. So, you know, you, you, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't allow your, yourself, you can't allow the, the, the team to get, you know, too focused on, on that kind of stuff. And you've got to figure out a way to play well and to kind of overcome, you know, the, some of the stuff that's just, uh, you know, just a byproduct of playing a road game. And, you know, I don't think we did. I, I thought the first half was probably our poorest half of basketball that we've played. Uh, this season thus far you know we we didn't put up a whole lot of resistance defensively and I you know I touched on you know our uh, our guards couldn't keep the ball in front and you know we threw up a bunch of just flat out bad shots bad decisions at the offensive end and to only be down I think it was seven at at, at half was in in some ways a victory you know my message to the guys at half and, and again there was a free throw discrepancy, you know, pretty large. I think by that time they had already shot 24 free throws, but you know that was not, you know, part of any message. And I, you know, I didn't want to hear any talk or complaining about it because we had to play better, right? And we needed to fight, fight harder. We needed to play smarter. We needed to, you know, shore up our end of things before we wanted to start, you know, uh, pointing the fingers at the officials or anything else. And in the second half, I, I thought, you know, we came out and I, I challenged the guys. I was like, okay, show me what, you know, what you got. You know, because I, I you know, I'm not going to yell and scream or anything. I, you, you guys need to step up and we need to play better. And I think that we, you know, we tried. And then obviously all the, the stuff happened. And, you know, I've since, you know, watched that last 11, however minutes, whatever it was on film. You know, and our guys battled and, you know, did a better job. We, we still made, made too, way too many mistakes. You know, we de- defensive miscues, we're not, we absolutely are not as, as disciplined as, as we need to be at, at the defensive end. And, you know, I know, you know, some of the guys are, are young and all that, you know, it, but, you know, if you want to win, that's no excuse. You know, you got to be more disciplined. you got to, you know, do, do your job and, you know, you can't be gambling and running around out there and giving things up. You know, so, you know, we've got to focus on those things. Was it frustrating? Absolutely. And essentially, you know, I can't say too much because I do want to co- coach uh, against William & Mary on Wednesday. But it got to be to a point where I felt like I, I needed to stand up for my, my team. I mean, so that's the, 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 the bottom line. 
and I, you know, I knew I was going to get the first one. I wasn't surprised. I should have, you know, given uh, what our, our conversation entailed. But I, I was surprised by the second one, by the referee come running across the, the court. And then once that was called, I just figured I was definitely going to get my money's worth. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't just going to, what is it, go calmly into the night or whatever, silently into the night. My, my knowledge of literature probably is lacking, but something like that. So anyway, you know, it was a disappointing outcome, you know, and, and we need to understand, you know, a lot of, a lot has been said and written and stuff about the, you know, the free throws. We have to play better. We have to get out of the gates better and we need to compete harder. We need to help ourselves. We need to play better team defense. We need to take more pride at that end of the court. We need to help ourselves offensively and be a more efficient basketball team. Well, coach, I, I'll leave it with this. Like. I appreciate you you taking that stand and being very professional, but I will tell you, I, I know you're not online a lot, but it was unanimous across the world of the internet, unanimous amongst people who don't like Old Dominion, who cheer against Old Dominion, who like to write negative things about Old Dominion, that, that things just weren't completely right the other night. You were completely justified in what you did. It's also unanimous. You got your money's worth on that. And, you know, hopefully going forward, it, that won't have to happen again. But I, I personally have never seen 51 and 9. I mean, that is, I mean, even if you guys aren't moving their feet as much as you want, and that, that just was ridiculous. But anyways, I, I will stop here and we'll let Mike move on to something more positive. Well, I want to go back in time because, I mean, I've been watching every game you've coached at Old Dominion. And can't remember a time you were ever ejected. So have you been ejected before this game? And if so, when was it? Now, that's the first time in uh, 42 years of coaching, 32 as, as a head coach. I've never been ejected prior to the other night. The last time, uh, the best I can remember, the last time I even got a technical was uh, not last season, the season before against North Texas down down there. I think that's right. You know, so, I, you know, I... I've been doing this a long time. I, I, I don't believe, you know, obviously, you, you know, you've got to have communication and sometimes, you know, you show your displeasure with the officials. But, you know, that can't be the focus. And if you're constantly as a coach complaining about every call, you know, your team's going to get distracted and all that. So I, you know, I try to be pick my spots, I, I guess. But, I you know, I don't think that's, uh, you know, we need to coach our teams rather than, you know. So, you know, it was a... Uh, a new situation, you know, for me, it was kind of a, being in the locker room, I felt bad. I apologized to the guys after the game that I wasn't out there with them. You know, they tried to do what they, they could. I think we cut it to four at, at one point, but, you know, we could never get over the hump and then they stretched it back out. But, um, uh, you know, we just, we need to be better. I mean, we need to worry about and, and, and try to control what we can control and give ourselves the best chance. And we know that we can play better than what we did the, the other night. And that's really the, the goal. You can't, I can't, the players can't allow ourselves to be distracted with things that, you know, that, you know, that really is out of our hands. So that's where our focus is. You know, we had a practice today. We, hopefully we have a, a really good practice tomorrow. Earn the right to win as, as I've, I've told you guys, is, is kind of my, 
you know, my, my mantra, mantra. And, you know, it's a big game going into Williamsburg. It's a game we, you know, we kind of had built a little bit of momentum and we, we took a step back and it'd be great to, to find a way to win in Williamsburg. You know, it's a chance to get our, our first road win. So that's where 100% of our, our focus really is right now. All right, Coach. Well, that's a great segue. Wednesday, we're going up there. William and Mary, they're 3-6, and six, but they're 3-0 and oh at home. Now, talk to Monarch Nation a little bit about that William and Mary Tribe squad and what they should expect when they travel up to uh, Williamsburg to watch you guys play. You know, they've kind of hung in there. Uh, obviously, they've, I think they what they beat American and Regent or two of their wins. UMBC, is that right? I, th- I think. Anyway, that's not important. But, you know, but they've kind of hung in there their latest game. They lost to uh, to Richmond. They got down early and were never really able. Richmond didn't, you know, didn't blow them out. They couldn't pull away, but they, you know, had a, a nice, comfortable margin throughout the course of the game. The one thing that, you know, is kind of jumps out is they've had a bunch of injuries, and I'm not sure what the injuries are. You know, different guys out. You know, Lowe's had a sprained ankle. Somebody the other night was a Charlie Williams. Their backup center got poked in the eye. And, you know, different guys have had different things. And so we're not exactly sure, you know, who they're going to have seat, uh, suited up. They've had guys on crutches and guy, another guy on a walking boot. You know, that's tough. We've been in, in that situation last year, you know, a couple times. And, uh, you know, we just need to be ready to play. And obviously we're going to scout William and Mary you know, and respect, you know, respect the game and all that. But we, we have to play better. I mean, you know, we have to not just focus on William & Mary. We've got to focus on us and bringing our A game and being ready to compete, who, whoever it is that, you know, that is healthy for them. So looking at William & Mary, <clears throat> it's clear they like to shoot the three ball. Yeah. I would imagine that's the big uh, focus this week is <clears throat> defense and rebounding. It is, you know, Gabe Dorsey. It's one of two Dorsey brothers that that play for them. Is been shooting the lights out of the ball, and uh, you know, doesn't put the ball on the ground very much. But when he's got an opening, he's putting that sucker up. And you know, we've got to do a, a really good job of making sure that you know we don't give him, you know, any easy looks there. And they've got other guys who can do it. Trey Moss is a guy. I think he transfer from South Florida. And he gives them a guy with a burst. You know, he can make a you know a, a, a three with time and space, but he's really a guy that can, you know, can just go by and, and, and make plays. Low, I think number two, left-handed. They've been playing him at point guard. He's a guy that doesn't shoot the three, but he's a big, strong guard that plays, you know, at his own pace. And you you, you got to keep an eye on that matchup because he's not really. You know, he's a bigger guy that's playing point guard, you know. And if you put a little guy on him, you know, he'll back you down and he'll, you know, he'll Barkley and really, you know, try to take advantage of his, you know, his weight advantage. He's about 6'4", maybe, but he's, a, as I said, he's a, a, a real strong guy. So, you know, they pose some, you know, some different problems. And against Richmond, and Richmond has a kind of an immobile big guy. And Jack Williams, 6'10", center for, for William & Mary, shot a bunch of threes and just a, a little easy action, a low side pick and pop. And they threw it back and he let it fly. So, you know, we've got to be ready for that as well. So, again, you know, we've got to be concerned with what William & Mary does and we've got to make sure that, 
you know, we're locked in and we know what we need to do in order for us to, to be effective. All right, coach. So we kind of glossed over it, but on Saturday, Sean had another fantastic game. His offense, uh, we see a little bit more of what he's capable of each game. Obviously those little freshman mistakes are still included in that, but uh, he was fantastic on Saturday. Um, One of the bright spots for that game. He's, you know, he's developing. He's coming along. You know, he, we really need him to be more solid on the defensive end. You know, he's coming along offensively, defensively. You know, we're trying to do what, you know, what we can as far as matchups. But his gambling has cost us. It really has. You know, I mean, I can think of three, three possessions just right now off the top of my head where he he cost us buckets just because you know his. His exuberance, aggressiveness, whatever word we want to put on it, you know. So we need to see that, you know, that that progress that he's making, the improvement that he's making offensively. We really have to see that at the defensive end, you know. If that's the case, then, you know, then you know, it's really, you know, he's really doing good stuff. But the, you know, the game is played at, at both ends of the court, and you know, he's got to keep working. It's film work. It's practice. It's uh, you know, a commitment you know, on, on his part to be, you know, locked, locked in from the defensive end. Cause again, you, if you get 19 and you're giving up 20, right. That, that's a, that's a net loss. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just yeah. throwing numbers out at you. I, I know exactly. There's a few possessions that I can think of. Again, you know, it, it, and, and there is like, he, he's going to make mistakes and I, nobody hates mistakes more than I do. You know, there, you're going to go through some growing pains and you got to live uh, a, a little bit, but you know, we're trying to win basketball games. So, you know, there's patience only goes, you know, so, so far. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's a good player and he's a smart kid. You know, he's got to figure it out, you know, that there's things that win and, and we need to do those things. He needs to do those things. All of our players need to do those things over and over and over again. Sometimes, you know, the, that um, kind of making, you know, the same smart decisions, that kind of thing, you know, some guys can get bored with that. But, you know, in a situation, you know, if you're looking, you know, at players, you know, quarterbacks, right, you know, you, you can't be trying to make that great pinpoint pass every single time. And probably, you know, since everybody's talking about the college football playoff and all that, Alabama's quarterback is the, the, the best example I can think of having all the talent in the world. But until he became disciplined and he understood how to win basketball games, right? I mean, he was getting yanked. Uh, he didn't start. He, you know, it was this, that, and the other. You know, then the light, the light switch went on for him. And he's had, you know, an amazing end end to to his season and with young players talented players that's sometimes what has to happen and you know just the realization that yeah I can do all these things but you know I've got to be able to do them at a high level possession after possession and if I can't do that then you know I, I need to stay away from that so for a freshman do you think part of that is they've been playing against they've had the talent so long in high school and AAU where they were just able to do that stuff and it worked almost 90% of the time. And then now they're realizing everyone's pretty good. Well, you know, that's part of it. But in AAU basketball, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody plays defense, right? I mean, they don't teach them how to play defense. I, I shouldn't say nobody. There there are a couple couple AAU programs that, that actually 
you know, we'll try to teach, you know, defensive uh, principles and, and that kind of thing, you know, because it's just so much just bad basketball. It's, you know, kids have terrible habits. And, and so, you know, that's, we, we get them, you know, and, and it's hard to break those bad habits. So, you know, that, that's, you, you hear coaches complain about AAU basketball. That's why, Be, because, you know, they're not learning to play the game the right way. You know, they're learning to play entertaining, you know, with a focus on talent. They're not, they're not learning how to play the right way. All right, coach. So we, we don't have much time left, um, but not to fast forward too much, but next Saturday, we're going to be back at home against JMU, ranked number 18, obviously one of our biggest rivals. Uh, it's a whiteout, and this is our last opportunity to really tell folks, uh, because we won't have another podcast before then. Can you briefly talk to uh, talk to the fans about JMU and what they're going to be bringing to Norfolk? Well, you know, I, when I looked and, you know, the preseason prognosticators, you know, were throwing, you know, some different teams around, but when I looked at who they had coming back and who they brought in, it was pretty clear to me that, you know, they were the, you know, they were top of the class coming into the season. They've gotten off to a great start. You know, they've got a lot of different pieces, you know, they've got some very good players, but some tough players. And, you know, they certainly have more seasoning than we do. Right. I mean, they've got guys that have been playing a a lot of college basketball. They're balanced. And, you know, I mean, they're very good. I mean, you know, they're, I don't think they're in, in, in the top 20 by mistake. You know, they have, everybody obviously points to the Michigan State game, but they've, you know, they've been able to, you know, get a, a number of other good wins. And, and so, you know, it's a great opportunity. It'll be a, you know, a big game for us. So, you know, I, I haven't really, you know, looked, looked too far ahead because the, the Wayman Mary game really looms large, but, you know, hopefully we can get that one and turn our attention to James Madison. We we really would love a, a great crowd uh, with them coming in here because they're a terrific team. And and as I said, you know, it's, it's a big opportunity. You know, we played uh, Arkansas, I think, when they were 14 or 15 in the country. I think Princeton is, is Princeton uh, broken into to that top 25 already. So I think I think that JMU will be the third uh, top 25 team that we've played this year. Pretty good schedule so far. I'm looking forward Speak to for Saturday. Yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to Saturday in the whiteout. So if you're going to the game against JMU at Chartway Arena, it's at 7 p.m., wear white. Or go buy the JMU ODU rivalry shirt they're selling at the bookstore. And if you're going to Women Mary... They are doing a teddy toss for CHKD. So bring a teddy bear or a couple teddy bears to help their teddy fundraiser. Thank you, Coach, for joining us. Listeners, please stay tuned for after the break. We'll have RJ Blakeney with us. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Aaron. Welcome back, Monarch Nation. As Mike said before the break, we are honored to have R.J. Blakeney on the Monarchist Basketball Show. R.J., welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right, R.J. So we got to start with the obvious. You had the mask on, the Rip Hamilton mask. Tell us what it was like 
And what made you want to throw it <laughs> off during that Northeastern game? Yeah, so I had to wear the max for like a game or two from the uh, Drexel game and got hit with a good shot. It was by my teammate. It was like a rebound, and I was going up the, re- the rebound, and he caught me coming down, and yeah, I had to wear it. So the Northeastern game, I was like, I just wasn't feeling it. It was just too close to my face. It was throwing off my balance. I felt like I was like, yeah, I, I don't. I'm I'm tired of mess. I, I, <laughs> I don't, don't want to wear it no more. I'm starting to feel bad for you guys. I mean, you took that shot. It seems like Dandy can't catch a break. I think he's been hit in the face like four times in the midsection. Okay. Y'all been taking a pound. Yeah, it's physical. It's physical down there. <laughs> All right, RJ. So I'm going to ask you a question that we asked a lot of the guys last season. Some of them, it was very meaningful. Others, it was just a number. All right, your number here, you wear number 15 on your jersey. Does the number 15 have any significance, any meaning to you? Or was it like the only jersey that was left? I actually wanted so when I was at when I was at Dayton last year, I was thinking about changing my number to fifteen because I always wore twenty three for my high school career. Like I always like I like LeBron, MJ. I was a fan, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna wear twenty three. But then I was like, I want to change it up. So when I ended up coming here to ODU, I was like, I'm gonna wear fifteen. You know, mainly because of course a Hall of Famer wore that number. Carmelo and I was like 15 is just it just means something to me like I just like it just seems like it's a, a cool number to wear out there like I just like it like it's 15 reasons why like it's a lot my journey with this basketball <laughs> has been you know different but you know, I feel like I'm on the right path and I feel like 15 is just it just fits me well all right RJ for those who haven't seen you how would you explain your game and where is your ceiling at as a player I would say I can get as better as the more I work, I feel like I can get even better. I feel like I don't, the ceiling is, there's no ceiling really. I feel like I can continue to get better because I'm still learning. I'm, I'm still growing like every day. Like I'm getting better where I'm watching, you know, how I played from my freshman year to now. I'm light years ahead of where I was. Like I feel like I'm more mature with my game. Just seeing things, I feel like the game slows down for me, especially since my freshman year coming into college, how the game was just, up and down fast. So I was like, wow, my first game to now is like, is, is way different. I would say that my game is like, I'm a physical player. I like to, to drive. I like to shoot the three. You know, that's one of the things I kind of developed when I got to college, being able to shoot better. You know, you, you can put up more points. Yeah, I feel like, okay, if I can shoot the three better, I can put up more points. So i like, okay, so let me try to work on that. I would say I'm athletic. I haven't really been able to show it as much, but I feel like that's an underrated part of my game. I'm really athletic. I got like a either probably like a 40 cents or 40 something inch vertical. So like I can definitely get above the rim. All right. So you mentioned you started your college career at Dayton and then you chose to come to Old Dominion this year. Why ODU? What was attractive about Old Dominion that made you want to come here and be a monarch? When I came on my visit, I felt it was a great it was a great vibe. You know, I felt felt like I was home and I'm not too far from home as well. I've had some familiarity with a few coaches on staff, Coach Jordan Brooks and Jamal Robinson. Jamal Robinson was, he was one of the coaches in the Nike Top 100 camp when I was coming out of high school. Jordan actually coached me when I played for Team Durant. Uh, this is back in 2019. It's so it feels so long ago, but like, I still remember it. So I'm, I'm in camp. Uh, I remember seeing uh, 
Coach Robinson and, you know, like I mentioned, Jordan, he coached me for my first year of AAU because when I was a ninth grader. So those, when I seen those two guys, I'm like, okay. He was like, damn, we ain't seen you in a long time. So I'm like, okay. I like, we had a good conversation and it just felt like home. Isn't that crazy how small of a world it is and how interconnected things are? It makes you, you know, it makes you really wonder, you know, who you pass on an everyday basis and who you may come in contact with later. Right. It's definitely a small world when it comes, especially with basketball. I feel like I've ran into a lot of coaches, a lot of players from my three, four years in college. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's really crazy. <laughs> All right. So you say you're a scorer. When you got a guy, you know you got him, and you're just going to cook him all day long. How long does that take for you to figure out? I feel like it just, you know, you can see that. Like, if a, if a guy is guarding you and, like, you can tell, like, he's flat-footed or, like, he's – you don't seem interested in really guarding you, then you're going to try to – you're going to try to drive as much as possible, you know what I'm saying, and get to the rim or, you know, he's not really interested in guarding you, so you're going to be more aggressive. So that's – it feel like – He's not really trying to guard you, so you got to make him pay for it. <laughs> now, you talked about really liking LeBron and, and Michael Jordan. I know LeBron is still playing. I don't know if he's your favorite player, but if he's not, who is your favorite player to watch? LeBron is one of my favorite players, but obviously he's 6'9", 250. So, you know, I try to look at players that's like got similar build as me. So, like, players like DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, similar size. Maybe be a little they probably a tiny bit bigger than me as far as weight, but like they have similar games. They're not, you know, crazy athletic like LeBron, but you know, they get the job done. The list of guys, who else? Westbrook and, and his prime and you know, even now. I'm I'm leaving some guys out. It's a lot of guys that's six five and and above that's that's really good. I try to look at their games and I try to take a few things away from there and, you know, put it in my game. Sounds like scorers who value rebounding. Yeah, those guys, especially Westbrook, averaging a triple-double. LeBron, you know, he gets his rebounds. Yeah, Rosen, they, they all get, in, get boards for sure. All right. So I think I like this question just because it, it kind of gives people a different perspective. But how old were you when you could first dunk? And tell us about that first in-game dunk. Sure. Okay. So when I first dunked, this is crazy, I was like, I was actually in seventh grade. I was like 12, 13. It was just like, we was all in the gym just practicing. And I just, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just, we was at a rec center and we was just, oh, hey, go ahead, dunk it, dunk it. And I went in there and just jumped and I dunked the ball. So that was my first non-official dunk. But when I got to middle school, eighth grade was my first official dunk. It was in the game. I remember it. I got a steal. A guy threw it across the court. You know, those are the easier still. So you got, I got it. Boom, took two dribbles, boom, and I just dunked it. And it was like, dang, I was so excited. I was like, man, I not really dunked in the game. I was like, that's a dream come true. I was like, that was a really fun day. Yeah, me. you don't get a ton of dunks in middle school too. I mean, I imagine that the people that were there probably weren't expecting it to happen and probably lost their mind. Yeah, they probably wasn't expecting it because I wasn't that tall. I was only like six two, so. It, it definitely threw them off. They were like, whoa, this kid dunked the ball? <laughs> All right, so I think this is the second time that Mike has asked that question. And it's I know it's going to go into the regular rotation. So I'm going to ask my follow-up that I asked Jason. 
because I'm kind of a conservative guy by nature. So not that I've ever been able to dunk a basketball on a rim that was higher than, say, seven and a half feet. But if I caught that pass and I saw that I had a breakaway, I don't know. I think what I would be thinking about is if I miss this dunk, what is my coach going to do to me? So when you get that when you get that ball, do you kind of go blank and you just go into automatic mode? Or are you thinking about if this doesn't go right, what's going to happen? No, I don't. I, I try not to think about what's, what's going to go wrong. I, I've been doing it so much. It's almost like a routine. So, like, when I get a steal and, like, I know I only need maybe two, two or three dribbles once I get the ball in my hands. And once I do that, I'm in the air. Like, I'm not really worried about anything. Like, I know I'm going to make the dunk because I've done it so many times. It's not – I'm not really thinking sure. about it. Sure. But, I mean, that first time. That very first time. Oh, the first time it was just adrenaline. Like, no, all was going through my mind was like, okay, I got to just make this dunk. It's my first dunk. Like, I'm going to just try to dunk it as hard as I can. And <laughs> I really wasn't worried about missing it. Honestly, it's crazy. I just wanted to dunk it as hard as I could. And it happened. I was like, dang, I really did it. <laughs> so you've been dunking regularly since eighth grade, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, eighth grade, I was dunking regularly. All right. So how long did it take you, your hand, you, you to get used to your hand so you're not hurting your hand? So I don't think people yeah. realize it. If you're dunking, you can hurt your hands quite a well, bit. Well, Mike, you're, you're saying this, but, you know, a guy like me, th- this is news to me. I don't know this because all I could do is jump up, grab a net, and then pull myself up and act like I had actually got the rim. So I am interested very much so in this answer, RJ. I definitely had to get used to it because the first time, like, it hurts. Like, the rim was like, damn, like, my wrist was, like, sore. It was bruised up. But after a while, you build up a tolerance, and you get used to it, and you don't even feel it anymore. And, like, you start getting, like, little bumps on your wrist. Like, see this little bump right here? You know, you, it's it's part of the game, man. <laughs> you don't really worry about it anymore. <laughs> All right. So, if you have the choice between – Hitting a big three, dunking on a dude, or drawing a charge at a really critical moment in the game. Which one's going to get you the most hype? Honestly speaking, that's that's a tough question. You said late in the yeah, game. critical juncture. I would say, okay. I would say that if I dunk on somebody, I'm definitely going to be way, uh, very excited. But a big three, like that's, I feel like that's definitely going to supersede that because I feel like a three could even win you the game or you probably tie you the game or yeah it's it got a lot of it hold a lot of weight the dunk is crazy I'm gonna go crazy but the three I'm probably gonna be way more excited I'll probably be way more excited I know it's crazy thinking that I'm like dang you've been dunking since seventh grade you talking about a three but yeah a, a three what were the three options there dunking on a dude hitting a big three or drawing the charge Okay. I think there should be a fourth option because he, he is a LeBron guy. At it. The chase down block. Because we saw a couple of those last week from Chauncey, and they get the crowd going. That definitely does. A block. Yeah, if you add a block in there, then that's good. That's a good one. All right. So uh, we try to ask some fun questions each episode. Just, we've been doing that more today than usual, obviously, talking about <laughs> dunking so much, but – here are some of our fun ones. Um, first off, you haven't been here that long, but if you have to pick a f- restaurant that's your go-to in Norfolk, 
What would it be? That's tough. I don't really go to too many restaurants. What do you mean by restaurants? Like, like sit down restaurants or grab and go? Your fi- just your fi- like if you could pick. Let's say your girl's coming to visit, and you're like, I gotta take her out somewhere nice. Where are you going? I'll probably. I heard downtown is really good, so I'll probably go downtown and go to a restaurant there, like the Green or. Uh, yeah, I would probably go somewhere like that. All right. And then if you're just grabbing lunch with the fellas, where are you going? Because that would be the grab and go. Yeah, I'd probably just go to maybe Chick-fil-A or I'll go to Panera. It's right there. Yeah, I'd probably go to those two. Do you know a player on the team that's got a hidden talent that Monarch Nation wouldn't know about? And if so, what is it? Like someone that can sing or play a musical (laughs) instrument, maybe dance? tell jokes i don't know i would say we got some funny guys on the team like my my two roommates are really funny um tougher who are your roommates t will ty and devin is my our roommate uh so those two are funny shoot yeah those two are funny they gotta be the top they gotta, they gotta be top funny guys on the team for sure all right who is your travel roommate uh emo he's my travel roommate Every oh. Time we go, yeah oh we we Ooh. We've heard that. We've heard a lot of stories yeah. about how rough that could be. No, he's cool. Actually, when I first got here, we were we were uh, like like roommates uh, during the summer. So like we already built a relationship. So he's cool. He's cool. He's cool with me. Oh yeah, he's super cool. Would he warn you to go to sleep first? Because oh, I heard he's yeah. a heck of a snorer. <laughs> no, I didn't. I experienced that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So last year we were told that he gives you a countdown. Like, hey. I'm going to bed. If you want to sleep, you should probably go to bed before I do. No, nah, I didn't get oh. that. <laughs> Maybe something happened with this breathing. Maybe it's better. Oh. Uh, All right. Favorite basketball movie? I would have to say Above the Rim. Yeah, that's Above the Rim. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite. Oh, I would say, let me go back. Hold on. Like Mike, that might top it. That might happen. Both are very good choices. Yeah, that might happen. All right. You know, when you got to unwind, you're not, you know, in school, you're not practicing or playing ball. What's a hobby, something that you enjoy doing? Sometimes I haven't really played the game as much as I usually do. Usually I'll play a game, like play a video game. But, like, lately I've been kind of, like, watching. I like to watch, like, podcasts, like what we're doing now. I think it's interesting, especially nowadays. A lot of people are doing a lot more podcasts. Like, a lot of NBA players are doing it. And you get a chance to like see players that normally are not in the media talking a lot. They're able to like, you know, express themselves more. And like, I try to watch them, uh, learn a lot from that. And I also, I really, <laughs> I watch boxing a lot. Boxing is, I'm a boxing fan. I love boxing. And I, sometimes I, I watch some boxing highlights, some UFC highlights, NFL highlights from the last game. I, I love watching sports. I'm a sport guy. So. All right, you're talking in, in my world now with combat sports. So, you more of a boxing guy than mixed martial arts, or you yeah. like both? I would say boxing. I would say boxing. Okay, who would be your like two favorite boxers? Do you like the big guys, or do you like the smaller dudes? I don't really know a lot of heavyweights except for Tyson Fury. Um, he's the best right now. I don't see anybody anywhere close to him. I know that you got Devin Haney. Javante Davis. Javante Davis is from Baltimore. 
and he's really good. So I definitely follow him. They they in like the one thirties, one forties, but that division is really loaded with talent. You got him. You got TFA uh, Lopez. You got Shakur Stevenson. You got uh, Regis. They and Devin Haney actually about to fight in like a couple of weeks. That's a lot of guys. I, I watch this sport a lot. It's crazy. You know, you've got some. Oh. Now, Norfolk has Keyshawn Davis, who's kind of coming up the ranks right now. And he sounds good. Yeah. yeah, he's right up your alley. But we have an ODU woman basketball alum who she is moving up the ranks fast. I think Aaron can tell you more about her. Yeah, man, that's the sweet Terminator. That's Shadeja Green. She played for the women's basketball team. And she is rising up the ranks. I don't know if you watch women fighting. She's, I mean, she's moving and shaking right now. What division is she in? What, what? I know Clarissa Shields. I know of her. She's one of the, the, the top female boxers. She's a super middleweight. Um, super middleweight? Okay. Yeah, I think she's got, and, oh, wow. I think the 15th, December 15th, she is fighting for the WBC super middleweight belt. So, we could have an ODU alum that's a world champ. Wow. That's amazing. Congrats to her. Shoot. Oh, and if you like UFC, they have a former PhD candidate from Old Dominion who is a fighter, Miranda Maverick, in UFC that's quite the fighter as well. Wow. That's crazy. All right. A UFC fighter is rare. You rarely hear that. Well. Wow. We've had a few. We used to have a wrestling program that produced a couple. But uh, all right, music. What is your pregame music? Mm, I'm a very different guy. Um, sometimes I'll listen to the common rappers like Lil Baby, the Baby, oh, the rapper, regular stuff. But then some game. Sometimes I'll listen to like just like some pop or like just like common music or like classical music, like some chill music to kind of get me in a zone. If I want to like focus and like really lock in, if I want to be hyped, then I'll listen to some rap and they get me going. That'd be good. Like I'll listen to like, shoot, I'm, I'm going way back, like Rum DMC. Like I'll listen to rappers or artists way back to all the way now. Like I'm, I'm very like versatile when it comes to that. You know, I, I'm not on the cutting edge of music. I'm usually learning you know, learning and, and adding something to my Spotify playlist each and every time. But I do know Run DMC, and I haven't listened to Run DMC in a while. And I think I'm going to throw that in tonight after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's every, now, it's every now and then. I don't listen to it on a, on a uh, regular. It's like sometimes, okay, let me listen to something that I haven't heard in a minute. They have a couple good songs uh, together where it's like, okay. I'm gonna listen to that and get you so, get you hyped a little bit. All right, so Aaron always needs more for his playlist. Who is coming up in Baltimore that he needs to check out? And I'm gonna write this down. Mm. <laughs> That's tough. Oh, that you actually will listen to? Yeah. I I try everyone out, even if it doesn't go in the regular rotation. You know, I try everything out. You know, I'm and I'm really surprised sometimes, and I add things, especially for my for lifting. Okay, it gets me going. Okay, I might not listen to it around my wife, <laughs> but I definitely be listening to it while I'm lifting. Okay, okay. I would say why his name is YG Tech, like a technical foul. YG Tech. 
he's like one of the I'll say he more of like a motivational rapper. He can say he probably one of the top ones coming up. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. I've never heard that question before. <laughs> hey, I love hip hop. So it's obviously actually a sneaky way for me to learn about a new artist, possibly. Okay. Speaking of diverse, I just saw that in June, Red Hot Chili Peppers are coming to Virginia Beach, but they're coming with Ice Cube. At least so I hope I read that correctly, because talk about a diverse concert. I'm lo- I mean, I mean, there's two ways to look at that. It's it is two diverse different sounds. However, they're both the sound of L.A. I mean, Ice okay. Cube. I mean, you can't get a more L.A. rock band than Red Hot Chili Peppers. I know. That's why I'm so stoked. I'm even more stoked because my wife is like, let's go. <laughs> All right. So you talked about podcasts and you, you, NBA podcasts. What's your favorite one right now? I like to watch All the Smoke or I'll watch the, the one podcast with Paul George because he has a lot of guys come on there that usually don't talk. A lot. You have, uh, I think Patrick Beverly has a podcast. Jeff Teague has a, a podcast that he does with somebody. He collabs with a couple of different people. It's a lot of guys. I watch their podcast a lot. <laughs> yeah, I saw that Jeff Teague one last week when they asked him about LeBron and why he got so hot. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I, I, I wasn't expecting him to say that because I was like, I mean, he was, LeBron was, like, you know, dominating in that year. And I just, I'm surprised that he was thinking that. It was crazy. All right. So we have two more questions for you, and then we'll close out with, all right. What is your top personal goal for this season? And what will it take for you and the team to get there? I see my top goal would be to win uh, the conference, you know, and, outright and you know win the conference cha- uh, championship that's, that's a goal that's the goal from day one that's still that's, that's not gonna leave and obviously we want to definitely win you know win more games win and finally just come together and play our best basketball i feel like we haven't played our best basketball yet and i feel like we will and time will tell the more we get a chance to practice day in day in and day out and uh, get better i feel like the, that's the, the uh, we're gonna get better and we just honestly going we're gonna win more games with that. And it's not easy. Now I've been I've been through the ranks with this. It's not easy, but I feel like we got the guys here to to do it. So we'll be good. All right, RJ. Before we close this thing out, do you have a message for Monarch Nation? Is there anything you'd like to promote? Promote. I would say just keep we want uh you to come to the games if you know and support us. Uh, your support matters and it's going to help us <laughs> bring more energy. It's going to definitely help us be more excited. Just continue to support us, honestly, and we love you guys. Well, we definitely do that. I know Mike, myself, Gary, a number of folks, we're going to be in Williamsburg for that game. We've already staked out where we're going to be sitting, actually standing, because two years ago we are there. So if you hear a few crazy dudes that are making a lot of noise that are just when you're sitting on the bench and you're looking off to your right, that's going to be us. We're going to be uh, making it our own home court advantage for y'all. I appreciate that. That's big time. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait. Thanks for joining us tonight and go Monarchs.
Go Monarchs. Yep. Go Monarchs. You guys have a good day. Good rest of your day. All right, you too. Thanks, RJ.